What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Cash It. I'm Howard Bender. Got Adam Ronis with me here. Hope you guys all had a fantastic Super Bowl. I hope the uh, uh, all your bets cashed, all your props hit, uh, all sorts of fun stuff. Maybe you even won some playoff contests at the FFPC or the WWFC or the uh, the CBGBs or whatever it is like that. Whatever you did for the playoffs, I hope it was a good time and I hope it was successful to you. Uh, Adam, was it a successful Super Bowl for you? Yes, the Eagles lost, so I was definitely happy about that. Um, but yeah, overall, it was pretty good. It was a great game. I know a lot of people talked about that late penalty call, but the bottom line is the Chiefs controlled the second half. They had four drives in the second half, three touchdowns and a field goal, and you could make a case that fourth one could have been a touchdown since McKinnon kneeled at the one. The Eagles' defense had no answers for the Chiefs' offense, and that, to me, was one of the biggest factors was – the Eagles led the NFL in sacks by far this year. Mahomes did not get sacked one time. So, yes, I mean, it was technically a holding call. I, uh, you know, you can't just say, well, you can't call it there and then call it at other times. I think the Chiefs still would have won anyway. Uh, Jalen Hurts played great, though. Uh, that was just a phenomenal performance. I know some people might have questioned, you know, his ability, and he had a great year and played great in the Super Bowl. But Patrick Mahomes, you know, is that guy, man. And I know we both picked the Chiefs before the game, and that was one of the big reasons why. It's like Mahomes and Andy Reid. I think the Eagles did have probably the better all-around team, um, but one of the advantages that we expected was in the trenches. And they – no sacks. I think I looked it up the other day. There was only one other game this year that the Eagles had no sacks, and it was against Dallas back early in the season when Cooper Rush was the quarterback – so their strength uh, was nullified. And uh, Mahomes, again, he does not have a lot of weapons on that offense, which makes him even that much better. I mean, he has Travis Kelsey, and that's it. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster, he's not that good anymore. Um, Valdez Scantling, no catches. I mean, it's just there's not a lot of weapons on the team. And Tony made one catch for a touchdown and then had the big punt return. Um, and then Sky Moore with – um, a touchdown catch, kind of similar plays where they were going in motion, stopped, cut, came back, and Eagles defenders weren't with them. So um, Chiefs, just a, a great performance there uh, after being down 10 at the half. Remember, they only had the ball 806 in the first half. That was the, the biggest thing. Yeah, that was, um, I mean, you know, the, I, I'll tell you what, it was really kind of funny because you know it also. I was, <clears throat> I, I've never been so in tune and and right about a game as I was, was the score a little higher than I thought it was going to be? Yes. It was 38 to 35. I said it was going to be 27 to 24. Um, and you know, and then, cause I was, I was crediting the the defenses there, but I, I even said it on the, uh, on the football diehards, uh, pre Super Bowl show. Um, I said, am I going to be, you know, am I going to be nervous for, for Patrick Mahomes when the eat, when the chiefs look like garbage and they're down 14, 10 at the end of the first half, no, I'm not going to worry about that because Andy Reid is amazing at in-game adjustments. Amazing at them. And, you know, I mean, he just, he literally turned everything around in the second half. And like you said, the Eagles defense couldn't stop them. Just could not stop them one bit. And that was, I mean, that's a huge, huge thing, especially when everybody and their grandma who was picking the Eagles to win we're all about that defense. And it's not even just the sacks and the pressures. It's it's about, you know, how strong that secondary was. And it was just, it was, you know, about them, you know, getting components to help stop the run. Isaiah Pacheco looked like a fucking beast 
in the second half when he was just powering through. So, you know, yeah, I think, and as far as like the penalty goes and stuff like that, I mean, first of all, Eagles fans should have just shut the hell up when, when, when James Bradbury admitted that it was a holding call. I, I think that the, the, the whole thing got blown out of, out of proportion because Greg Olson was an idiot on the broadcast. And he was just everything that he was saying was all inflammatory about how you can't call a you can't call it that you know at, at this point in the game like that and you know you've missed calls throughout and now you're going to do this one here and this game shouldn't be based on that. I agree with you. I, there's no guarantee that the Eagles would have won the game or tied the game if McKinnon doesn't slide, right? I, like if McKinnon doesn't slide at the one, all right, he goes in for the touchdown. Okay. So what, you're giving the Eagles the 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 ball with like a minute 20 to go in the game um as opposed to the 8 seconds that they gave them there? You still have to come back and 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 you know, score a fucking touchdown. I mean, I don't I don't really like the whole playing for the field goal and things like that, but you know, I I get what what Andy Reid was doing there and you know, just absolutely destroying the clock and and pushing it, you know, that way. But I mean, they they just, you know, to me, yeah, it wasn't you, you can't sit there and and say that the game tilted off of that one play because if if the Eagles came back and they tied the game, what was their defense suddenly going to stop Mahomes in overtime like that? Just I mean, it, it completely fell apart for them. And you know, so I mean, I had the whole arc of the game going well. And uh, and how about this? Are you ready for this one? Because this uh, such a rarity. I did not miss a single bet I had on the Super Bowl. Bet props over under everything hit. I even Adam, I even netted plus money in Super Bowl squares. The most ridiculous. Oh, and I 3X my money in uh, in in DFS. Like, I mean, I just fucking hit absolutely everywhere. It was a beautiful Super Bowl for me. And it's like, you know, when you have one of those betting days and you're like, yeah, that's just not going to happen again like that. But it was uh, it was absolutely fantastic, man. I was super pumped about it. Yeah, no, it's always great when you hit that. Uh, my boxes did not come through, obviously. Uh, all luck there. Didn't happen this year. All luck. <laughs> <laughs> no Super Bowl, so you didn't hit on any of that? How'd you do betting-wise? Uh, pretty good. Uh, Travis Kelsey, anytime touchdown. Uh, had a, a boost on DraftKings for A.J. Brown and Kelsey. That 50 yards or more, that hit. My Mahomes boost did not hit. 225 passing yards and two touchdowns. He did not get 225. I mean, if I would have told you, hey, the Chiefs are going to score 38 points, Mahomes not going to throw for 225. You're like, <laughs> yeah. how the fuck are they winning? So that one was crazy. Um, I had Juju, longest reception under 17 and a half. Uh, I got... I had McKinnon under eight and a half longest rushing yard. He had four carries and that was a third and one. He lined up at fullback and he gained 14 yards. I was like, that's a fucking bad beat. Cause I just figured McKinnon wasn't going to get many carries and he hasn't had big runs all year. So that one sucked. And um, yeah. And AJ Brown over his receiving yards, Devontae Smith over his receiving yards. So overall, yeah, overall it was a pretty good Super Bowl, I would say. Well, I certainly hope everybody out there was listening to you and I here on Cash It and listening to uh, you on Better Sports Network, me on SiriusXM. I was just giving out these plays the entire week. I wasn't, you know, it wasn't even like I wasn't trying to mix it up or get crazy. I was like, AJ Brown, anytime touchdown. Oh, yeah. AJ Brown. Yeah, I also had it on here, too. Uh, I'm pretty sure I gave it out on this pod. AJ Brown, longest reception over 25 and a half yards. You did say that here, I believe. Um, I had his receiving yards and an anytime touchdown for him. I had Kenneth Gainwell over one and a half receptions over his, you know, 11 and a half receiving yards. I was like, what the fuck is that? Um, 
What else? Uh, Isaiah Pacheco over 60 and a half rushing yards. Uh, got that one in there as well. Obviously, like I said, uh, you know, bet the over, bet the Chiefs, bet the Chiefs on the spread, bet the Chiefs on the money line. I mean, it was just, it was, it was fucking delicious. And my, and yeah, like I said, my DFS plays hit. So, so hope everybody out there listening in kind of tailed us on all of that and came out as well as we did. Now, it's really kind of funny now, Adam, because with the end of the Super Bowl, and you and I deal with this all the time, you and I, you're like, you know, neck deep in the NBA right now anyway. Um, but you and I are all in on baseball prep right now. You're doing draft champion stuff. I just, you know, we we got everything out for the Fantasy Alarm Draft Guide, which is free, by the way, people. Free. Fantasyalarm.com slash MLB Draft Guide. Go ahead. Adam's rankings are up there. My rankings are up there. Uh, do yourself a favor and take care of that. Uh, but now here we go. It's the uh it's it's the hibernation of a lot of the football people out there. When we start seeing that where um, you know, some people do some decent coverage. We see a little bit of a, a little bit of chatter uh on Twitter for football people football only people trying to try to stay relevant. They start doing some some rookie talk uh in anticipation of the draft. Um, I ended up taking part in, I'm, I'm doing two right now. One is still going on, uh, which has been just the worst slow draft possible. Um, and, uh, and I'm, and that one's like, you know, happening, but on, uh, on Sirius XM fantasy sports radio, we did a, uh, a, a way too early or for some people, it's not way too early from, you know, normal people, you know, multi-sport multi-sport analysts um you know doing a, a best ball draft had the first pick overall uh and i sent you the link to my team and i'll uh i'll, I'll tweet it out with the i'll tweet out the draft board with the um what you call it when i tweet out the uh the this podcast to everybody so you will be able to check it out on social media uh as well um curious as to uh as to your thoughts uh on things like um, my number one, my one, one for the 2023 season. Yeah. So you took Jamar chase. Um, I would have went Justin Jefferson myself. Again, I love chase, but I mean, Jefferson is just the, by far the one in his offense coming off a season with 184 targets, you know, over 1800 yards. So, uh, that's the way I would go. Um, Again, I love Chase. Chase would be my second wide receiver. I mean, again, I haven't done my rankings, right? And I won't be doing them for a while uh, for football, <laughs> as I'm again focused on my baseball prep. But um, I would go Jefferson. I mean, Chase still has to, unless you think T. Higgins is going to be traded, um, you know, he still has to compete with T. Higgins there. So um, I would go Jefferson over Chase. I took him because I do feel like they might have to trade T. Higgins. I mean, I think. Higgins and Mixon are, are on their way out. Team's going to have some issues. They, they, they have to, they have to, they have to re-sign Joe Burrow. And, and the quarterback market is just absolutely insane. And you know, they're going to have to re-sign Chase. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I don't see them giving a long-term deal to Joe Burrow and locking him in there. And then, you know, doing like what the Titans did with AJ Brown or what the uh, the Vikings did with just with uh, Stefan Diggs. You know, I don't see them. I don't see them dropping Jamar Chase, you know, trading him away so that they can draft a, a younger version of him. 
uh, as this goes. I think that he and uh, he and Burrow are a package deal. It's their third year together. And yeah, you know, I mean, I just I'm curious as to see what happens with the Vikings. I mean, I, I was taking Justin Jefferson number one overall this year in 2022. Jefferson was my one one and, and I drafted as such. Um, coming into, you know, into this season, I mean, am I relying on Kirk Cousins again? What's going to happen with the ground game and what's going to happen with the, you know, the game planning that they're going to do? Uh, are they bringing back Adam Thielen? What's going to go on with, you know, their receiving core? I just, you know, defenses are just going to go hog wild on Jefferson. I, they're going to have to. Well, um, what happened this past year? No, no, no. I, I, I'm with you. I'm definitely okay. with you. I just, you know what it is? I like to get the guy on the on the way up. I, I just, do you see? I mean, I, as much as you, you love Justin Jefferson, is he going to have another 1,800 yards? And how many touchdowns did he have this year? Eight. All right. So I could see eight touchdowns again, but 1,800 yards, 184 targets? That's a lot of targets, dude. He had 167 the year before. Right. And so, okay, so 20 target increase there. He had a nice increase in in receiving yards as well. Um, You know, you also have to kind of factor in the fact that what are the Vikings going to do? The Vikings know that they need to fix that defense. And part and partial of the reason why they, you know, they were throwing so heavily this year was because their defense was so shitty that they had to. And they got into all these crazy shootouts. So that's anyway, I mean, listen, that's that's my that's my rationale here in, in February. Yeah. A lot's <laughs> gonna change. <laughs> a lot's gonna change. But I, I like the way I built this squad out there. Again, this is best ball for everybody. So uh Jamar Chase, Debo Samuel. I, I don't like the Debo pick there, man. Why not? Because the dude gets banged up, man. Um yeah. he has to he has to compete with several of the guys on that offense. Um, you know, it's probably going to be Trey Lance at quarterback. So we don't know how that's going to look. You have Kittle, you have IU, you have McCaffrey. I mean, you got him in the fourth round. I'd take Garrett Wilson over Debo. So you got fortunate there. But how do you not take Devontae Smith over Debo? Um, how did I not take Devonta Smith over Debo? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I don't re- I don't recall what I was thinking. I believe I was on air for most of it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's just all I was doing was doing that, but I mean, listen, I even you know, even I like I just like the talent of the player and I do too. I'll, but I'll, I just, I'll see what happens. I what, did, you know, I did, you wouldn't take Waddle over Debo? I don't know who's quarterback in the uh, the the Tua. Tua is probably though. How many more concussions can that do? And what Trey Lance? We know how good he is. No, I'm not saying that that Trey Lance is is the be all end all. But Debo Debo does two things. He's he's a multifaceted, uh, you know, guy, and and Shanahan likes using him out of the backfield as well. And we yes, and we sir. saw that with both McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell around, or not even Elijah Mitchell the second time, but even when when Mitchell was in there for the uh, the the early part of the playoffs. Look, 2021 was an outlier. He averaged 18.2 yards per reception. This year was 11.3. He only had two receiving touchdowns. He had three on the ground and he gets banged up all the time. And just, I, you know, I just, I can't take him there late second round. I just, Smith is better. Waddle's better. And Garrett Wilson too. I mean, you got kind of got Garrett Wilson at a steal. I guess, I guess people are like, well, who's quarterbacking the jets. I mean, we already saw that 
it well, really it's either Derek Carr or Aaron Rodgers. Right. And it really didn't matter in his rookie year. It should only get better regardless who's there. So I love the Garrett Wilson pick in round four. I'd take him earlier. Thank you, Adam. I appreciate <laughs> that. Um, I went uh, three and three running backs. First six picks, running backs and, and wide receivers. Um, I took ETN in the third. Isaiah Pacheco in the uh, in the fifth inning. Uh, fifth inning. <laughs> I'm thinking baseball. Uh, in the fifth, and uh, Tyler Algier in the uh, in the in the sixth round there for me uh, as well. So I did that with my top group there. This I, is you best know ball, I, right? It's best ball. Okay, that's why I took Calvin Ridley in the seventh. If this were like a, a regular, if this were if this were a league that we were playing out for real, I, I mean we're playing this out as best ball. Right. But if you, if this were a league that I had to manage my roster. I would not have taken Calvin Ridley that early. I took him there that early because I, you know, even if, you know, if, if he just pops up in the, uh, in the second part of the season, you know, depending on what happens, he's allowed to apply for reinstatement. We'll see what happens with him. Uh, if they turn around, they're like, well, we're going to also tag, you know, we'll, we'll give you a six week suspension here to start the year. And then you can come back. I'll, I'm perfectly happy taking Calvin Ridley and and letting him, sit on my bench in a best ball, you know, format for weeks on end. Right. Yeah. Um, Rashad Bateman. Let's see what happens when he comes back. Lamar Jackson. Let's hope he's healthy next year. Uh, Pat Fryermuth, I think in another year with Kenny Pickett should have a, a, a solid season. Deshaun Watson in his first full season in Cleveland as my, uh, as my other quarterback in a best ball. Dude, I dig it. And then I just kind of filled in the blanks with a bunch of rookies and uh, and hopefuls along the rest of the way. Sky Moore, Antonio Gibson, Rasheed Rice, Greg Dulcich, uh, Boutte, the uh, the kid out of um, oh, what, where did Boutte go? Is he Texas A and M? I don't even remember. I like the Dulcich pick. Thank you, thank you. That, yeah, that's a that's a solid tight end combo where you didn't spend a lot of draft capital. Yeah, I mean that's you know again that it, it's the same mo every year. If you're not taking Kelsey, yeah, you could you could use a mid round pick on a on on a on a Hawkinson or a Goddard or you know those guys. But I, yeah, I I think Fryermuth and and Dulcich are two guys who you know just have good solid upside potential um, and will be the number one tight ends on their team, and they and their quarterbacks throw to the tight end. So I dig it again way early and we'll see what happens with everything uh like that but oh, overall adam what's what's my draft grade uh b plus b plus not even fucking a minus nah oh it's it's the it's the debo samuel pick if if, <laughs> if it was deep if it well was, then again if you if you put garrett wilson round two debo round four although debo wouldn't last round four but um yeah, I mean Lamar Jackson, I think will be fine. Um, I like the tight end combo, so yeah, no, it's it's pretty good. All right, all right. Hey, B plus ain't bad, people. B plus ain't bad. What was that eighty eight, eighty nine average in school? Come oh, on, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, listen. I mean, Adam and I can now kind of put the NFL on the uh, on the back burner. And we'll we'll splash in some stuff as news happens and things like that. Obviously, you know, free agency is going to start up soon, and then we've got the NFL draft. But 
you know, for now we can uh, we can thankfully put football in our rearview mirrors and look ahead. Um, what do you want to do? What do you, where do you want to look ahead to first, Adam? You want to talk NBA uh, or do you want to talk MLB? Oh, we can do MLB. MLB it is. Bing, bang, boom. Here we go. So I figure there's there's a I mean, obviously, there's a ton of shit to talk about here with 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 regard to MLB. And we're going to have ample opportunity to kind of share the knowledge with people. Um, I think the one of the most important things and, you know, we put this article in the draft guide every single year is know your league rules before you draft. I think an equally important thing for this year, Adam, is to know the rules changes for MLB because there's a bunch of things that are going on right now. Um, pitchers are, are limited to the number of throws over to first. Um, they are they are on a pitch clock. Uh, bases are bigger. Um, no shift. Uh, the ghost runner still on second base for extra innings. I think that's kind of is that is that the uh, the 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 bulk of it right there? Yeah, those are the main things. All right, so let's talk fantasy impact on that. Where do you want to begin? I mean, I guess the shift that's going to help some of the left-handed batters that have been really having hits taken away. You know, a guy like Corey Seager comes to mind. He had a career low 245 average last year, although his expected batting average was 283. He's a career 297 hitter, so you would think that he's a guy that benefits. Um, and a lot of the left-handed hitters who are shifted. I mean, you watch, you see it. If you watch games, you'll see like a lefty rope a line drive in a right field and the second baseman is playing in shallow right and it's an easy <laughs> ground ball out. So that should help. Um, for the stolen bases, I know everyone thinks it's going to go way up. I mean, you would think it's tough to know. I mean, but the limited pickoff certainly is a factor. Uh, they should get a, a better jump, the bigger bases, you know, that tenth of a second or whatever it is, you get there a little bit quicker. So I think everyone's anticipating, oh, yeah, stolen bases are way up. They probably should, but I, it's tough to know. Like, is it going to be the guys who have 10 to 15 steals that jump? Is it the guys up top that are just going to run wild now? So I think we're all speculating. But I would say that at least when it comes to draft, we put a premium on speed the last couple of years. I think you don't have to reach anymore. Um, you would think that multiple players will will steal more bases. So um, that's kind of where I'm looking at it right now. And again, some of the average jumps for those left-handed batters uh, that were shifted a lot. So I was looking at the, um, I, you know, the, the shift I think is going to be great. And I agree with you. And it's not just left-handed hitters. It's going to be the righties also, the, the dead pull guys uh, who are out there. It's, it's any dead pull hitter that they – you know, they, they put the shift on for and, and you know, not having that um, is going to be good for the for the lefties. I think what's even better is if there's a man on base. And there's a limited amount of pickoff moves that they can do to keep the guy on base that you've got a first baseman who's sitting there holding the guy. And then you've got the worry about the, uh, you know, where's the second baseman playing? I think there's going to be like a wide, just a wide open space. Uh, on that side of the field for the lefty hitters. So that's definitely going to be um, good. It's, you know, I actually, I bumped up Kyle Schwarber even a little bit more because of that uh, in my rankings. Imagine that Trey Turner on first base dancing around and there's fucking Schwarber sitting there at the plate. He's going to have monster holes on the right side of the field. 
monster. But so I took a look at um, uh, I went to the NFBC, and I took a look at uh at all their ADP and kind of broke it down uh, as far as like where guys are going right now and you know who's who's worth the effort, who's not worth the effort. Um, where are you going? And I'll tell you what, for stolen bases, you know, this is kind of based off of, you know, who stole 15 to 20 bags at a minimum last year, plus a couple of, uh, potential guys in there. But for the bulk of, of the stolen base guys out there, I mean, they're all going again, still rounds one through five. Trey Turner, obviously is a first round guy Acuna, Julio Rodriguez, Jose Ramirez, Kyle Tucker. Uh, Bobby Witt, like those guys are all like first round guys still right now. Um, Bo Bichette, Fernando Tatis, seeing those guys go in the in the second inning, a second round. Um, Marcus Simeon, Michael Harris, uh, Cedric Mullins, Randy Rosarina, Lewis Robert, Jazz Chisholm, Adolis Garcia. So there you go. It's just like a, a rattling of names right there. All rounds one through five. So. If you are going to grab somebody for steals, you do still have to act early. Yeah, you do. I mean, obviously, players who contribute in multiple categories are still highly desirable and are going to go early. So you definitely want to come away with some steals in the early rounds of your draft um, just to at least set a foundation. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a must. It's a definite must. Did you did you guys do that? I don't remember your uh, your draft tra- champions team. How are you set for stolen bases in the early rounds? Uh, yeah, we had Acuna. We started another one. Same third pick again, man. Um, so this one, we're in round 10 right now. And where are you at with like your stolen bases early on? Uh, I started with Julio Rodriguez. Acuna went one in this one in the first draft, got Acuna at three. So when Acuna, Jose Ramirez and went Julio Rodriguez, um, then uh, had three pitchers in the next four rounds. Um, so the speed right now is actually, uh, it's a little light. I mean, Corey Seager is not going to get any bags. Abreu is not going to get any bags. Tyler O'Neill will, uh, he was hurt last year and still went 14, 14. So if he could stay healthy, maybe get 15 to 20 bags there. And Nate Lowe, who, uh, could get five to 10. So, um, it's okay right now, maybe a little light. Um, but you know, at least, uh, not just completely barren, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, so you're in round 10, you said? Yeah. Well, let's 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 go through. Just look at an ADP right now. All those names that I rattled off rounds one through five. Players I see going off the boards round six through ten. Uh Tommy Edmond, Starling Marte, Andres Jimenez, uh, Byron Buxton, Jake McCarthy. So those are the guys who are going off there at that point. So now for you, um, Looking at some of the names out there, I'm curious as to as to who interests you. These guys here, rounds 11 through 15, Yelich, Harrison Bader, Nico Horner, Cabrian Hayes, and Tyro Estrada. You yeah, know, I think you have Estrada funny. in the first one, yeah, right? Estrada and Bader in the first one. Ah, okay. Yeah, so... Yes, yeah, so I think that one was pretty good. Uh, Nico Horner just went fourth pick of round 10. Um, so Bader is still there. So might consider him. Outfield is very thin too. That's something you need to be conscious of, man. Like, you know, I usually don't worry about 
position scarcity early. But man, I'll tell you, man, shortstop is just loaded. Like even taking Corey Seager in round four, I'm like, damn, man, there's still some good guys on the board. Um, you know, like uh I mean, look at Willie Adamas, uh Dansby Swanson, Wander Franco. These guys all go later on. Jeremy Pena, Carlos Correa. So shortstop's pretty deep. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to pass on an elite player early just because of position. But if it is close and it's a tiebreaker, you want to take the outfielder, man, because you're, you're talking leagues where you start five, it starts to get thin. And you got a lot of guys who are platooning as you go on later in the draft. And I guess the other issue with outfield is you have a lot of guys who can't stay healthy. You know, that's, you know, Eloy Jimenez. He had a great second half. I was looking at his stats. Absolutely sick. Um, 305 average OPS of close to 900. But we know he has had trouble staying healthy. Byron Buxton, I mean, one time in his career, he's played more than 100 games. And it was like, I will never touch Buxton yet. I will still go back to Eloy Jimenez. I don't know why. Yeah, uh, I guess because Buxton has been in the league longer and has shown he can't stay on the field, whereas Eloy still has (laughs) that. Okay, well, he's still kind of young. I mean, the key is, though, I thought they would DH him, but I saw that he said he wants to play the outfield. so that's let me see their depth chart here, because like that's the guy I don't want playing the outfield if I'm the White Sox. The guy just always gets hurt, man. Like, why do you want him in the outfield when you see him constantly getting banged up, ran into the wall? I mean, um, let's see. So they have him. Well, they have him as a D. OK, so they have Ben Attendee, Robert. Oh, Gavin Sheets in a right. Um yeah, I mean, that's ideally what I would want. I would want Eloy as the DH. So they have project him to project it to hit fourth. That would be phenomenal with Anderson, Benintendi, Robert in front of him. That would be ideal. So that's key. You want to see Eloy as the DH this year most of the time to keep him on the field. I mean, it doesn't guarantee it, but it's better than him running into walls, potential collision, or pulling a hamstring. Yeah, we need uh, we need Giancarlo Stanton to uh, to hit him up and tell him how delicious it is just being a DH. <laughs> do you imagine that he's like calls him up he's like eloy listen just so you know the fantasy community will love you just the same actually even more if you're a dh instead of playing the outfield less risk don't you want to be loved by all the every all the fantasy baseball dudes out there <laughs> oh man all right so let me go through this uh, this list here uh, even further, and, and let me ask you: round sixteen through twenty, here are the 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 stolen base guys. Who interests you the most? Whit Merrifield, Josh Rojas, Jorge Mateo, Ramon Laureano, Alex Verdugo, or Chris Morrell? Um, Mateo, no, he could lose playing time. He's not a good hitter. Rojas, I'm concerned about losing playing time as well. I know he had 23 steals last year in 125 games, but just nine home runs. They brought in Evan Longoria. I know he might not stay healthy either, but, um, but Longoria has been good when he's been on the field, but yes, he's older. Um, I guess, I guess I'd take a shot with Laureano. Uh, I know it's been frustrating with him, but he is going to hit top of the lineup, even though it is a putrid lineup. Maybe he gets traded. Um, he's had a lot of injuries as well, but I'd probably go with him. Okay. Um, and then here you go. Here are some of the hopefuls, rounds 21 and beyond. A couple of rookies in there. Jordan Walker from St. Louis. Ezekiel Tovar from uh, from Colorado. Colorado. Garrett Mitchell in Milwaukee. Uh, Esturi Ruiz, who's in uh, in Oakland now. Um, 
John Birdie and Dylan Moore. You round out your squad with any of those guys? I took Tovar, my first DC. The issue is, is he going to start the year with the team? We've seen how the Rockies are with their young players, and they have not really done a good job developing players either. You know, we always get excited. Oh, playing at Coors Field, but a lot of these guys have not panned out. But, I mean, Tovar has hit at, like, every level. He's 21. I would think he starts the year with the team, but there's the risk of that. Jordan Walker, I mean, he's a guy that's just going to skyrocket up if we hear that he's going to make the club. So if you are doing a draft now and you can't get him, um, especially in the draft champions, it makes sense because uh, he could, if he has a good spring and we hear he's making a club, he'll just move way up. So now's the time to get him. I mean, Ruiz is going to run, but it's such a bad team, man. And you're not going to get power so to me it comes down to roster construction with him uh, is he like is he like your your one category guy is he like your billy hamilton yeah yeah um and i don't like rostering those guys i'd have to be absolutely so thin um and the batting average could be a problem i mean the counting stats are not going to be good but i mean we saw the speed it's ridiculous 25 steals and 37 games in AAA. So it's just, you're not going to get much else. No, you're definitely not going to get much else. I try not to, to lean on those guys as well. Um, for that, I'd grab Ruiz if, you know, if I'm like in a keeper league dynasty format, I mean, I'm sure he's not available in a, in anything, but a, a brand new startup dynasty format. Um, but he's definitely a guy who I would invest in at, at that point. If you're talking about just for this season, I mean, yes, if I'm doing a draft champions and I'm going 50 deep, then yes, he's going to be on the, uh, on the radar. But, but, you know, if you're just talking about like a 12 team head to head points league, no, that's not, not unless you're getting like five points per stolen base. I that, don't see that, that Oakland lineup is just so bad, man. Who's going to be worse, Oakland or the Nationals? Uh, I mean, the Oakland lineup is Tony Kemp, Ramon Laureano, Seth Brown, Jesus Aguiar, Jace Peterson, Shea Langoliers, J.J. Bladet, Nick Allen, and Asturio Ruiz. Their pitching staff, <laughs> <laughs> Paul Blackburn, James Caprillion, Drew Rusinski, Shintaro Fujinami, Ken Walchuk. I mean. Uh, Walchuk? Yeah. Walchuk, that dude owes me money. Where's that from? I don't get it. Oh, uh, Beinecke. Barnicky, he owes me money. That's from uh, Stripes. But good identification there, Adam. At least you knew it was coming from a movie. Yeah, I did. So <laughs> impressive. It's everybody, it's everybody put it together here for a momentary golf clap for Adam Ronis. The Nationals lineup, Lane Thomas, C.J. Abrams, Joey Did you say Manette. Lame Thomas? Lane, Lane Thomas, C.J. Abrams, Joey Manessis, Kybert Ruiz, Corey Dickerson, Heimer Candelario, Luis Garcia, Dominic Smith, Victor Robles, and their staff, Josiah Gray, Patrick Corbin, Trevor Williams, Kate Cavalli, Mackenzie Gore. Jeez, these are two bad teams. I'd say the Nationals are a little bit better. I mean, they do play I, well, in the NL East. Like they play in the NL East, though. They play in the NL East. They have. It sounds like they've got good power potential. But they, it also yeah. sounds like the team is going to bat 210. Yeah, this is – I'd say they're probably better than Oakland, but the division. I mean, Oakland does have to deal with the Astros. I think the Angels will be improved. Texas is improved. 
Obviously, you don't play as many division games this year either. You're playing every team in baseball. But, yeah, those are two bad teams. I, I haven't looked at win totals. They have to be near the bottom. I got to um, think – I would think Oakland is the lowest. You know, I haven't even looked at – are there – I, I don't even know if the win totals are out yet. I haven't seen anything, but I'm going to – I'm looking at DK Sportsbook right now. I'm looking um, at – yeah, there are some. Oh, yeah, regular season yeah. wins. Here we go. Um, where Nationals are, are 59 and a half. That I'm seeing here, and the A's are A's are sixty and a half. Okay, yeah, I guess the division. <laughs> yeah, they're bad, man. My God, damn. We should go. Let's let's go through this real quick. Let's see. Um, most regular season wins by any team. No, I don't. I don't give a shit about that. Diamondbacks seventy four and a half. Braves ninety four and a half. Orioles seventy six and a half. Red Sox 77 and a half. Um, Yankees are 94 and a half, and so are the Mets. Yeah. Cubs are at 77 and a half. White Sox 83 and a half. I'm looking to see if there's anything like really outlandish. Reds are 65 and a half, as are the Rockies. Guardians 86 and a half. I'm going to, we're going to have to like dig through this. I see 87 and a half for them. But yeah, I mean, obviously depends on the book. Right. What book are you looking at? Um, I see lines for Caesars and BetMGM and oh, okay. Fa- oh no, why is FanDuel only showing the juice? Okay, but yeah, I mean, as always, shop around. Always shop around. Absolutely. Do you do a lot of uh, wins totals? Not a ton. No. I always, I always find like one or two that I really, really like, and you know, and I, and I try to, you know. You try to base it off of like who you know who improved. Was it was it last year or the year before that they they just seemed to be off on the uh, on the Toronto Blue Jays? It was two years ago. It was probably two years ago. I think last year they might have been top of the AL East. Um, they're yeah they're at ninety two and a half uh, and ninety three and a half. I see. Phillies eighty eight and a half, Pirates sixty seven, Padres ninety two and a half. Huh. Well, I mean, nothing's like really sticking out that far for me yet, but we'll have to wait and see. Texas Rangers eighty two and a half. How are they going to do that without Degrom? Do you yeah. see he's hurt already? All right. Well, yeah. Side soreness uh, on Wednesday. Oh, if it was regular season, he'd be fine. It's cold and wet. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> right. Every Met fan, like every Met fan in the world, I know that like saw that post uh, on his uh, his soreness. We're just like, see, well, I'm totally fine having him. Justin Verlander is going to win the Cy Young again. I mean, look, I I'm not rooting for him to fail, um, but I understand why the Mets didn't pay him. I mean, the guy has not been durable the last couple of years, so take a. Shorter contract with Verlander again. Verlander and Scherzer have rest too. They're older, so they're probably going to miss some time this year at some point. But uh, paying Degrom all that money with the way he has not been able to stay healthy just didn't make sense. No, it definitely didn't make sense. Not at all. Not at all. But you know what? Then again, neither did 160 million for Brandon Nimmo either. Yeah, I mean, money's not an issue for the Mets, though. They even had, no, a Super, they, they had a Super Bowl commercial. How times have changed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, dude, the Super Bowl commercials sucked. Yeah, they usually do. Again, I mean, no, they they they, they loaded up for like the first quarter. There are some really good ones, and then everything is, is as soon as you go through the rest of it, it just it blows, 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 blows. Um, all right, so yeah, there you go. Plus fifty thousand for the A's to win it all this year. Yeah, plus, don't waste, don't waste even a plus dollar. Plus forty thousand for the Nats. Don't waste even a dollar on that. No, I'm definitely not. I do like, I got to be honest with you, man. I'm surprised that the Padres are at plus 1100. Because they, was, it's because, well, you think that you think that's not a good value or it is? No, I think it's a great value. I yeah, love it. I, I, I'm, mean, I was surprised. I was surprised that they, that they weren't closer to like a, like a plus seven. I see the Mets at plus seven fifty. I'm surprised that the Padres they, aren't in that realm too. They gotta put the Mets there. They know people are gonna bet on the Mets. Um, but the Padres, yeah, I mean, they have a shot. The Dodgers obviously did not really do much. They'll still be very good. Yeah. Uh, Padres I think the Padres the issue is they're top heavy at the rotation. They're top three. They just added Michael Waka, who's probably gonna start. Then they have Nick Martinez and Seth Lugo, who might transition to the rotation. So I think that's the issue with them is they're top heavy, but yeah, that lineup is absolutely loaded. And if they are aggressive as last year at the trade deadline, then yeah. I mean, obviously Tatis being healthy is a key. He's coming off multiple wrist injuries, the shoulder surgery suspended the first 20 games. Um, I think I don't like Xander Bogarts this year for fantasy, but I think he's a good real life player. So you add him. So, so so tell me, talk to me here because you know, one of the things that Bowden was talking about with with Bogarts the other day on the show was that, you know, the run scored in the RBI, uh, he's in a much better spot right now with the with the way the lineup is set up uh, over there. He might not hit for as much power, but the RBI and the run scored are definitely going to pick up better for him. He thinks. You know, yeah, agree? I, I think the average is going to be a problem. Um, I was looking at it and. Um, at Fenway, his last three full seasons, it was like 297, 317, 318. And on the road, it was in the 270s. Um, and San Diego is the fourth worst hitters park for right-handed batters. Um, he doesn't hit for power. He had 15 home runs last year. 10 of the 15 were at Fenway. Um, a lot of his stat cast numbers were down. I know he was playing through injury, so that might have been a factor. You know, getting that big contract, going to a new team the first year. And shortstop's a deep position. So for where he's being drafted, I'm not taking him. I mean, he's probably going to hit, I guess, cleanup right now. Um, I guess, does Tatis lead off when he comes back? Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't think they'll hit probably Soto 2 being OVP, Machado 3. I mean, whatever. He's going to hit the top half of the lineup. That's the other thing. Their lineup drops off, bro. I mean, you got – from six down, Cruz, Carpenter, Nola, Grisham, Kim. I mean, that's kind of weak, man. I mean, Grisham had, you know, a couple big games in the postseason against the Mets, but he was terrible most of the year. So that's the thing. They're kind of top-heavy. I like their bullpen. Hayter, Flores, Garcia, they got some power arms in the pen. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, Bogarts, I just don't see him running much. I don't see power. Yeah, the runs in RBI should be pretty good. And even though – the average will hurt. I think he's not going to be like the hitter he was. Um, it should, he won't be a detriment in average. I just think the position's deep and he's being drafted on, on name. That makes sense. I mean, I mean, we see that all the time. Guys get drafted based on name alone. Um, happens everywhere. 
Um, any teams that you look at, if you're looking at like, uh, you know, some futures here where you think there is really nice value, Toronto at plus 1300, Mariners 1700, Cardinals 1900, Philly 1700, Guardians 2200. Yeah, I haven't really dug in yet for that. Um, okay, no problem. I don't want to pressure you, Adam. I don't want. I, don't, I want to go easy with you here. You're all focused on 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 the NBA right now, aren't you? No, I'm baseball man. I've been digging in, man. The more just doing, um, you know, doing this draft. I have a labor auction coming up in a few weeks, and then two days later, tout. So yeah, I mean, it's it's you know, with uh, football ending. Just been doing a lot of baseball prep uh, and doing some research over the last couple of weeks. So felt like I was a little behind. I usually start earlier, but yeah, now I'm, I'm getting in the mix and doing these drafts are great. Nice. Yeah, I am. Um, I actually I start my Tout Wars draft next week. So I moved because I'm not coming back east. Uh, I moved out of AL only uh, and they put me into the draft and hold. Okay. So I'm doing that. I'm probably going to end up uh, with a with a shitty pick uh, in the draft because I'm they do uh, the the KDS Kentucky Derby style uh, of drafting, and they do you you get to pick your spot based on where you finished last year, and whoever I replaced uh, finished uh, fourth to last in a fifteen teamer. So. I'm definitely not going to be uh, excited about my draft position. I'll probably be su- stuck in the middle somewhere, which, you know, again, not the end of the world kind of a thing, but I'm psyched to do it, man. I'm glad. I'm I'm so bummed. I, I can't do labor. You know, just, uh, you know, my last hope of somebody switching out because they were going down for labor was, uh, was going to get me into an online draft and it just didn't happen. Yeah. I know their mixed league draft is actually next week, Tuesday. So, yeah, yeah, that was a little bummer, a little bummer. But Steve Gardner assured me that uh, he'd have us he'd have my spot for me next season. So uh, he, he lied about that. But, you know, you can believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Gardner definitely didn't lie about that. Are you kidding? I brought Gardner into the greatest fantasy league of his life. Oh, a musical one with fish. Yeah. The yeah. jam on fantasy football league. Oh my God. He's like, you know, he's like, he's like sending texts out. Cause he's like, you know, he's at like the, the nine 30 club in, uh, in, in DC for like a, like a disco biscuit show. It's so funny. I love it. Absolutely love it. His wife says I created a little bit of a monster. I'm like, ah, you know what he said? He was, he said his son got him into fish. It wasn't me. I just, you know, once he, once he opened that door, I just, uh, I grabbed him and pulled him in. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's the best. I've done shows with Gardner. He's such a great guy. Nah, he He's is. such a great guy. One of my favorites in the industry. One of my absolute favorites. Um, all right. So let's uh let's let's wrap things up here because I know you've got a show that you've got to do. My show's now uh an hour later than it was. So uh maybe I'll actually like go and take a shower before I fly out to uh, FSGA after the show tonight. So Let's wrap things up with a little bit of NBA. So first and foremost, man, trade deadline, as crazy and chaotic as it was, um, when the dust settled, uh, 
where were you at with it? Was it a positive one? We didn't record. We recorded before the trade deadline, right before the trade deadline. Yeah, we did. I mean, obviously the Karen Durant trade was monstrous and just changes uh, a lot as far as futures and everything. Um, you know, Brooklyn looked like they could be a threat and now Kyrie Irving gone, Durant gone. So they have a lot of good players, but not a threat. I mean, the Suns that night, that he was traded because I think I saw some people said they put in some money on the Suns before were plus 1900 to win the title. They are now second favorite on DraftKings at plus 425 uh, behind the Celtics at plus 310. So Duran has yet to play for them. He's still injured. I uh, don't know if he'll be back right after the All-Star break, but the Suns were starting to play better anyway because they had gotten Chris Paul back. Devin Booker just came back. My one concern is they're thin for depth. Um, they're going to have a great starting five, but their bench got really thin. So that's my concern there for them. Um, and I don't know how they're plus 425 and the Bucks are plus 600. I, I like the Bucks to come out of the East. Uh, they beat the Celtics last night, uh, Tuesday night in overtime. Celtics were shorthanded, though. No Jason Tatum, no Jalen Brown. So can't really put much stock in it. But the Bucks have been playing really good basketball, 111 in a row going into Wednesday. And uh, they really haven't been fully healthy this year. So. Um, they also added Jay Crowder at the trade deadline, a really good veteran. So I like I like the Bucks there. Um, yeah, the Suns are going to be dangerous. That West is pretty interesting because I would have told you Denver would probably be the team. Uh, I still think Denver is very good, man. Um, the concern is Jamal Murray. He's missed several games now with this knee issue. He was really tearing it up. Uh, I don't know if they're being cautious here because they have a five-game lead in the Western Conference, and they're like, you know what? The All-Star break's coming up. Let's be conservative here. They're great at home, a huge home court advantage, 26-4. and four. And Jokic is playing uh, uh, as the MVP again. You know, I know people are like, oh, three years in a row, we don't want to give it to him. But right now, he's the guy. <laughs> I mean. Isn't that always, though? Isn't that seem to be like his MO is that his second halves are just unreal? He's great the whole year, and he just doesn't sit either. So he's the favorite right now on DraftKings at minus 170. Wow, and beats up to plus 380 at second, and Giannis at plus 700. I would I would sprinkle something on Giannis at plus 700. I mean, he's still one of the best players, and if Milwaukee finishes as the one seed and he doesn't sit out too much, um, but it's Jokic to lose at this point. I mean, the guy just does it all. He barely sits. He sat a couple games recently because of a hamstring issue, but he's like a triple-double threat every night. So they're still very good. Um, and then, you know, you've got the Warriors who right now are 500 and they're in the play-in tournament. Curry is out, but they're still going to be dangerous once they get in. Um, I'm not buying Dallas. Kyrie Irving was a really good addition, but they took a major hit defensively, uh, trading one of their best defenders, Dorian Finney-Smith. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think people are going to be picking the Suns. Uh, because you had Durant. I mean, let's not forget the Suns have been one of the best teams of basketball the last two years. And now you had Kevin Durant with Devin Booker and Chris Paul. So yeah, they're going to be awfully tough to beat. And that's why uh, they're favored. So I, I do think it's kind of wide open though. Um, I only see two teams in the East, maybe Philly, maybe uh, I still think Milwaukee and Boston are better. So I'd be surprised I'd actually be surprised in the East if we don't get the top four teams going to the semis. I think it's just looking at it. I don't see how 
any I don't see Brooklyn, Miami, Knicks, Hawks, Toronto. I just don't see any of those teams doing anything. So I think you'll get like the chalk in the East. The West is going to be wide open, man, because if you have Golden State, uh, nah, Golden State's not going to be in a playing game, man, unless Curry misses extensive time. <laughs> it's so bunched up because the Warriors are the ninth seed right now, but there are only three and a half games out of the three seed. So it's really bunched up. So seeding is going to be pretty important for these teams here uh, in the West. Uh, and that playing tournament will be interesting too. I know the Lakers may move to improve with the deadline, but they're still on the outside looking in. They're two and a half games out. Uh, LeBron James has sat since breaking the all-time points record. It looks like we're recording here Wednesday afternoon. He's supposed to play Wednesday night. So we'll see about that. Uh, you know, Could they be a threat? I guess, but I'm still not buying it. They improve, but... Still not good enough. So, yeah, the West is going to be really, really interesting. And the Pelicans looked like they had some momentum going, but Zion Williamson, another setback. He was good. You know, he has this hamstring issue, and there was just a report. Yeah, he's going to miss multiple weeks now. It's it's a shame because that guy is so good. He can't stay healthy. And the Pelicans were staying afloat without him and Brandon Ingram, but they've fallen back to the pack now. Um, They're really struggling. I think they had like a 10-game losing streak at one point, and they've uh, lost six out of the last 10. So. Um, I thought they were dangerous with Zion Williamson, but he can't stay on the floor. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge deal. That's a huge deal. He's never been able to stay on the floor, you know, since he, since he was drafted. So kind of a bummer. Um, anybody you're eyeballing for props this weekend? Obviously your article drops on pickswise.com. No, it does not the all-star break. So, thir- Oh, it's the all-star break. This yeah. Week. Thursday is the last day of games. There are three games on Thursday and then there's nothing until the following Thursday. So six days now. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, look, there's the um, three point shooting contest on Saturday. So that's something to look at. Um, the dunk contest is just absolutely atrocious. No one wants to be in it anymore. <laughs> I mean, I know you probably know none of the participants. Uh, is Kenny Skywalker in it? No. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm not. I'm not calling you out because I think most. No, 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 no. I, I, I definitely don't. Tell me, tell me who it is, and let's no. see. Tell me who's on, who, who's in it, and I'll tell you if I uh, if I know what team they're on. All right, Kenyon Martin Jr. Kenyon Martin Jr. I've heard of him. I've heard of him. Didn't he play? Oh, Jr. Do I know Kenyon Martin from like the University of Cincinnati? Is that yes. who I know? And he played for the for the Nets. For the Nets, yeah. So this yeah. is his kid. Yep. Um, Grizzlies. No, Houston. Okay. Oh, they're they're terrible. And yeah. he's in the dunk yeah. contest. Okay. Mm-hmm. Throwing Houston a bone. Who's next? Jericho Sims. Oh, everybody knows Jericho Sims. He's the uh, the cousin of Phil Sims, the NFL quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> and he and he plays for the Trailblazers. Nope, the Knicks. The Knicks. Yeah. Shit, I don't even know any of the Knicks players. Okay, who's next? Trey Murphy. Oh uh, well, wait. Is it T R E Y or is it T R A E? How does he play? T R E Y. T R E Y. Murphy. Um, Pacers? No, Pelicans. Pelicans. I got the right first letter though, so I'm improving. All right, I'm gonna no, nail one. No these. chance. You know who this guy is. I think there's even diehard NBA fans that don't know who he is. Who is it? Mac McClung. Mac McClung for the Spurs? Nope, Sixers. 
That is like Again. that might be the worst slam dunk contest participants I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. It's so bad, man. Is that so, that's it? Those are those are those are the guys yeah, who are four. in it. Mm-hmm. The three point contest I love. Um, I think this one's going to be fun. You've got Tyrese Halliburton, Tyler oh. Hero, Buddy Heald, who won it a couple years ago, and I had money on him that year. Jeez, this sounds um, like a James Grande DFS lineup already. Kevin Herter, my man, Damian Lillard, Laurie Markkinen, who's had a great year and the game's in Utah. He's from the Jazz. And Freddie Simons. Oh, wait a second. Simons might be out of this. That's right. He's going for an MRI. He got hurt on Tuesday night. Okay. That's uh, because I think he would have a shot to win. And Jason Tatum. So this is fun. This is a really good one. Um, I will sprinkle some money. I have to look at the odds. I'm actually uh, writing something up on this. Um, Transactional content, so my byline's not on it. <laughs> but I, but I can't I'll, tell you where it is. Yeah, and I'll, I will. I'll talk about it on the um, probably on the Friday show with uh, John and Pemba, who will be with me on Better Sports Network. So we'll talk. We'll talk about this contest. Um, but yeah, I I love the three point shooting contest. I think uh, it's fun. Uh, then they got the skills competition. So I think Saturday night will be fun. I mean, I'm not betting on the All Star game, man. Just like you know, it's no defense and. I'll probably watch it. Um, I don't. I don't think nothing else is going on Sunday night, so I'll probably watch that. Um, yeah. So Saturday we got yeah All Star Saturday night skills challenge three point contest slam dunk, and then you got the All Star game Sunday, and then they're off for three days. So um, yeah, and it gives me an opportunity to to regroup. Dude, the other night I had four parlays in the NBA. I lost all of them by one leg. And I know people are like, wait a second, you preach not to play a lot of parlays. Play the parlays. Let me say, two of them were free bets. One was a risk-free bet, and the other one was a double-double that we cooked up on the uh, Better Sports Network on the playbook, uh, Fenstein and I, and Joel Embiid. Six fucking rebounds against the Rockets, bro. How the <laughs> fuck you get six rebounds against the Rockets? <laughs> That's the only leg that missed, six rebounds. And he didn't play the fourth quarter. He played 31 minutes. They were up big. So, um, and then I had an eight leg parlay for the golden state wizards game. Jordan Poole picks up three oh. fouls in the fucking first half plays 11 minutes scores. Let me see. Was it 14 points? He had three points in the first half. He had 14 points. Here's his other games. 28, 29, 38, 21. The one fucking night I need 20 points. This piece of crap plays 30 minutes and scores 14 when the Warriors scored 135. So I had a uh, I had a, a free thing uh, apparently. So I you know when I won in uh, in in DFS for the Super Bowl, I won a free ticket into a, a contest for um, for NBA. And uh, and and I played it, and and I had Impembo help me out with a lineup, uh, and that it was, and Pool was in the lineup that night, and that was that was the night that it happened to me. Fucking brutal, fucking brutal. Yeah. Um, but no, nah, I mean my, my singular bets have been pretty good lately. But yeah, that those parlays, I just you know I I think I went a little wild because I'm like you know what, there's going to be no days to bet. It's coming up, and actually Tuesday I only did one bet. I didn't like the slate, but uh, I'll I'll bounce back for Wednesday, and then it's three games Thursday, and then uh little break. I'll just, yeah, I'll do the three-point co- shooting contest. I'll probably sprinkle money on two or three guys that I like, and hopefully one hits. 
And um, yeah, then um, just do a ton of fantasy baseball prep over these these uh, this little break here. All right, sounds good. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll uh, we'll call it a day here. When we come back next week, um, we we don't have to talk any football at all. Real quick, focus- was that the longest I went without cursing in a show? That was the first time I cursed during the show, right? Oh, I don't know. I, I just I, I'm numb to it now. I, oh, I don't geez. even hear it anymore. <laughs> so I, if people bet on it, you guys got fucked. Because <laughs> it was like an hour. Who knew to take the fucking over? <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations, Adam. Listen, you're you're top shelf all over. You know the place why though? Because we're recording earlier in the day. I just don't have the same energy in the afternoon, bro. We usually record, you know, seven p.m. Eastern. I just have more energy then. I just don't have as much energy in the afternoon. Well, you also haven't been burned by a prop by the time we're that's <laughs> recording yeah. either. Yeah, like we're recording. I'm like, fuck. He's already out with two fouls. <laughs> so yeah so listen folks uh you know listen uh, adam's gonna be on better sports network with john and pemba for the next two days 5 to 7 p.m eastern so you want to tune into that um and then i am uh i'm gonna be i'm off on thursday from fantasy alarm show but i'll be back on friday i'll be at the fsga conference uh, for that. And then uh, next week, starting next week, Adam, you've got a live betting show on Sirius XM. You and Fensty, uh, when is that? Starts Monday. That's what, February 20th, I believe? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern. The first week, though, it will only be Monday and Thursday uh, because I guess they have a labor draft on Tuesday and the FSG Awards Wednesday. But going forward, it'll be Monday through Thursday, some days 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, some 8 to 11 p.m. Eastern. All right, then. Sounds delicious. Um, That's going to do it for us here at Cash It. We appreciate you all tuning in, liking, subscribing, sharing it with your friends, all sorts of fun stuff like that. We will uh, be back next week. So for Adam Ronas, I'm Howard Bender. We'll catch you next time.